Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome everybody to Wednesday. This is Girl Power Hour, and we are excited today because we've got a really cool guest on. I've not met her in person, but I'm looking forward to it. And Tasha's here with me. Hey, Tasha. Hello, Annette. How are you today? I'm good. I am good. I am. Uh, Came back from Richardson over the weekend and just been trying to catch up. Yes, I saw the lovely pictures of your grandson. I think everyone that knows you and is friends with you on Facebook is in love with him. Well, he is. We had so much fun at the zoo. We uh, there were a lot of jokes being bantered around about getting in enclosures and stuff because of my daughter and her friends, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, yeah, it was kind of fun, um, but it was it was a lot of fun. He had a birthday party at the Dallas Zoo, and they brought in like three different animals for everybody to pet. And um, he fell in love with a bearded dragon, Aww. which is so cool. And uh, we we just had a good time. We. It was hotter than Hades out there, <laughs> but um, yeah, we had a good time. And he's good. on his way to Galveston now for a vacation, so he gets to see oh, the ocean fun. for the first time. Yeah, fun beach stuff. time. Yeah, and we had a good time, and they're going to have a good time. And um, I see on Facebook that, Tasha, you've got an event for First Friday Art Trail. I do. At Downtown Vintage, that's at 1110 Main Street. Uh, It's part of the first Friday art show in July, so July 1st. Um, I'll have some abstract pieces in there, and it should be from 6 to 9. I'm I'm waiting to hear exact, but I'm pretty sure that's their hours. I'll I'll let everybody know if that changes, but um, I know that's been their hours in the past, and I haven't heard any different. So um, 6 to 9 on July 1st. For First Friday Art Trail, I would love to see people out. That would be a fantastic Isn't thing. And also, I, I wanted to say quickly, I'm also requesting, um, as you all know and our guest today knows, I'm a huge fan of Prince, and when he passed away, there were a, there was an outcry of letters and uh, stories, and I had written an article and it got a lot of response. And I have put together quite a few stories and letters um, to add to an upcoming book called The Sky Was All Purple, A Collection of Love for Prince. So if anyone listening wants to send in letters or stories of how Prince inspired you or any love and gratitude that you have for him, you can send that to me at CherokeeSheree at Hotmail.com. And if you are unable to, I'll, I'll post it on our page later, if you're unable to understand what I'm saying. I know sometimes it's difficult to hear on radio exactly what we're saying, but CherokeeSheree at Hotmail.com, and I'll post it later on our page as well. Yeah, and you can always go to Girl Power Hour and like our pages too. Um, Tasha's got a business page. I've got Heart Journey Studio. You can like our personal pages. It doesn't matter to me. Um, So just connect with us in some way. And um, I'm going to be sharing some of the archives during the week. Um, Start doing that a little more often so that people will be aware that, hey, there are archives. We can go back on Blog Talk Radio and look, and or not look, well, you can look, but listen to the shows and uh, kind of catch up. I mean, it still has our old 
Girl Power Half Hour shows on there, and um, you can listen to that. And I would like to mention that tomorrow, watch our Facebook pages, watch Girl Power Hour Facebook page, because I am posting a special announcement on there, and um, you'll not want to miss that because it's going to be fun. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what we're up to. Um, anything else, Tasha, that you want to share? Yeah, uh, just one other thing. Um, I also write for Metro Leader, um, and and that is a local. Well, we have one locally. That actually, is, the publication is actually out of Louisiana, but um, and and goes to various cities. But we have a local publication. I do an advice column called Tasha's Tips. If you have a question or would like some advice on your relationships or personal growth or really anything, um, again, you can send that to my email address, CherokeeSheree at Hotmail.com. Again, that's CherokeeSheree at Hotmail.com. And for the spelling, I'll post it on our page later. Um, But, you know, you can send these questions to me and I'll do a question and answer. You can send them to me and if you don't want them in the article, um, you can let me know. But we, we do anonymous for the article, so and when I say we, I mean the publication and I. So whenever you send in a question, I will not be using your name or any identifying information for the article itself. Um, and this is something that really, honestly, all the stories I've had so far, all the questions I've had so far um, have come from places other than local. So outside of Lubbock, I've received um, questions from all over in many different states. So it doesn't matter where you're listening from, where you currently are, you can send them to me and I will still put them in because this publication is available online as well. So you can um, get that information. And and let me just say that the stories that you guys send in and the advice that you're requesting, typically other people are in the same boat and need to know the same thing. So you're asking for advice and the answers that I'm giving Actually, that helps other people who have the same questions or going through the same stuff. So please feel free to send them my way. It helps everyone. Awesome, awesome. And um, I don't think we've ever self-promoted this much. (laughs) (laughs) And we did it in like two minutes. (laughs) Yeah, cool. Okay, we got it. We got it. Talk fast, talk fast. Yeah. Go to our Facebook pages. Girl Power Hour, and I I guess we need to start promoting some things that we're doing also on Girl Power Hour page. I haven't done that because I kind of felt funny about it, but what the heck? (laughs) If it helps people, it helps people. So, okay. Okay, well, today we have, um, like I said, someone that I have not met personally, but I've seen lots of her pictures and on her Facebook page and what she's doing. And um, she is uh, amazing, to say the least. And her name is Court Pardue. Hey, Court, how are you doing? I'm good today. How are you? We are doing good. Um, I've got so many questions. (laughs) And I know Sasha does too. All right, you. I, I build you as a powder room bouncer, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much self-explanatory. Um, but could you explain exactly how you what that is? Um, well, I'm 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 really just a bouncer um, in general, 
However, because I'm the only female bouncer on our staff, I have the uh, magical power of just being able to waltz right into the women's restroom, which is where all chaos and craziness usually starts in a bar. Uh, (laughs) I I have this magical ability to just glide on in there and, and problem solve before problems start, which is the ideal way to run an establishment that serves alcohol. Um, Yes, prevention is key. Yes, that's that's how you make sure everyone has a good time and that nobody gets sued and your bar doesn't get shut down is by making (laughs) sure that no one gets to act like a jackass before they (laughs) keep it in the bathroom and diffuse it before it comes out the door. (laughs) Right, And, and there, I don't have to stand in the bathroom as much anymore. Um, some of our policies and regulations at our bar have changed, and also word has gotten around that I'm there, I think. Um, but I don't have to stand in the bar itself or in the bathroom itself quite so much like I did in the beginning. One of my first blog posts that I wrote on my blog was about – that's how I kind of got the name, was because literally from about 9 o'clock until midnight – I just stood in the bathroom and I live tweeted the chaos that I saw and the um, cleverness that miners seem to think that they possess and just don't. They just don't have it. <laughs> and let so. me jump in court and say, um, if anyone listening out there wants to get an idea, like you can go to powderroombouncer.blogspot.com. Um, and this particular post that she's referencing, that Court's referencing, her first post, if you scroll down, there's a hysterical image of a minor <laughs> whose hands are just, like, marked up. I mean, it's it's hysterical. And I look at that and think, well, there's no way you're going to wash that off. There's no way to hide that. So just fantastic. You would be surprised. Yeah, I'm sure there are ways. I'm sure people try everything. I know you have many mm-hmm. stories. Tell us, tell us how many you've seen people trying to wash those well, off. Well, when I first started there, about probably about a month after I started there, we changed our policies and procedures. And my blog is way behind because I kind of lost momentum because we had some really awesome stuff happen one night, but I couldn't write about it because there were still some pending criminal charges. So <laughs> I, could, I could not write about that event. And uh, that's a really good one. I can tell you about it now, but I, I couldn't write about it at the time. But our policy has changed. We don't mark up our minors quite like that anymore. And the reason for that is um, they were quite successfully getting those off. And so wow. um, we had a, a bouncer at the front door who had a an attitude, as you would imagine, you know, a bouncer is supposed to have. But really, we're supposed to be very friendly and very engaging and very observant, you know, we're not supposed to be mean and nasty and all we live for is an opportunity to kick you out. Like, we want you there. That's how we get paid is you come to our place and you drink alcohol and we have a job. If you don't come, right. then we don't work. Yeah, it and, tastes like Roadhouse, right? That's a good reference for that movie, Roadhouse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, you gotta, you got to be nice until it's time to not be nice. Yeah. And, uh but even with those exes that were in that post, um, minors were pretty successfully getting getting those off. And so now we just do one simple X, and then we have a special wristband for our minors. But um, that particular evening was fantastic because I was standing in there, and I have my little white shirt of authority that in very glittery letters says staff. 
I'm the only female bouncer, so I got a special night polo instead of mass-produced button-downs. <laughs> there was anything. <laughs> the only shirts they had left, I could have put a wide belt around and turned it into a dress. I mean, just like <laughs> when I got hired. Um, and so even though I'm standing there, I have a little earwig in, like a little official, my little radio and stuff. There are girls standing there, and there was one minor, and she was standing there. There was a group of them, a pack, and they came in. There was like a couple of minors and one girl that was of age, which, by the way, girls, when you walk around the bar like that, we automatically know to watch you. So just you're you're not as clever as you think you are, and we do see everything. So <laughs> one of the minors just stands at the other end of the stall. So there's like 10 stalls. And she just stands there, and she just stares at me. I mean, it's creepy. And I just stare back because I don't care. I want her to know that I see her. And so she's just staring at me, which isn't obvious at all. And then her friend comes out of the bathroom that is of age. And um, her friend successfully takes her wristband off and tries to hand it to the minor. And the whole time the minor's making eye contact with me. And I'm looking at her. And she's looking at me, and I saw her buddy hand her the thing, and she did, her arms were crossed. But she never uncrossed her arms, and she made eye contact with me, and I just mouthed, don't. <laughs> and, and she shook her head to her friend and then kind of tried to discreetly say that I was over there. So, <laughs> I, I feel like a mom is what I feel like. like I, I was about like to say, I'm that sounds like, like you have children. <laughs> I have I have that whole that that look in the back of your head where you know you're being watched. You're like when you're a little kid and you were about to do something that you probably weren't supposed to do it, but you didn't think anybody was looking, so you did it anyways. And your mom just like fell out of the ceiling and caught you. That's what I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> that is too funny. There was funny. a lot were of you, that. that nice. You mentioned that you're. You're small. You're petite compared oh, yeah. I'm to five two, the guy. I'm five foot two and 120 pounds. Um, wow. Our head of security is six seven. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever have let any me just, Let me just say really quickly, because I do know court. I'm just going to say this really quickly. Uh, first, when I met you and, and, and found out that, you know, you were a bouncer and, and when I met you, I mean, you and Annette hasn't met you yet, but for those who have not as well, you know, it is like, I mean, 5'2 and 120 pounds, when you see her, you know, you think, how in the world is this girl a bouncer, you know? But, man, I've heard the stories, which I hope you'll tell today, Court, and uh, I hope you'll yeah. also talk about your training yeah, um, well, I mean, that part of that goes into it. I've been training um, since 2011. I started in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which I highly recommend. Um, I highly recommend it in general, but I highly, highly recommend it for small people or females. That's what it's designed for. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was specifically developed for a smaller opponent against a much faster, stronger, aggressive opponent. Um, and I'm smaller than most of the people in the world, so that just kind of fits me. <laughs> and I've, I've been doing that since 2011, and I'm uh, I'm not a black. That's the first thing that anybody asks, like, "Oh my God, you're a black belt?" No, I'm not a black belt. I'm a brown belt. 
which is like almost a black belt, but it's, you're not a black belt yet. So, um, but I'm, I'm certainly better than the average Joe, you know, I'm, and I have the element of surprise always in my favor because I'm a girl and I'm little and I just look like a person walking down the street. Um, <laughs> but um, I started that, and then after I had been that for quite some time, I also added um, American Kempo Karate to my training. And um, in my job, I use a lot of jiu-jitsu. Do not, I don't really, I mean, I can't, it would have to be some severe circumstance, extremely rare for me to have to use karate. And for people who don't know the difference, which most people don't, because I tell people I do jiu-jitsu, and they're like, oh, is that like a judo chop? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu is like super technical wrestling. It's all about being on the ground. And Jiu-Jitsu is all about um, submitting somebody. So either putting somebody in enough pain or in danger of a serious enough injury that they realize, oh, I'm not winning and I should give up. Or you put them to sleep, which is my personal favorite, because I've seen people fight through broken arms. I've never seen anybody fight while they were unconscious. So, so you're actually awesome. like a little, you're actually like a small fox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a Mr. Fox. A Mr. Fox. I have, I have been, um, one of my, some old coworkers of mine, uh, my, two of my old bosses, one was a Navy SEAL and one was an Army Ranger, and they were best friends. And we all went on a company trip one time, and one of our other um, employees or one of, one of my coworkers, who is not well-trained but a decently-sized man, got really drunk and decided he wanted to go. And so the Ranger and the SEAL moved all the furniture out of the way and refereed. And uh, after that, I was dubbed the spider monkey. <laughs> I I I mean I'm little. I'm not gonna stand and go toe to toe and punch for punch for somebody. Like that's never gonna work for a little person. That's not how you fight smart. Like that's how I know when I'm when I'm at the bar and I see people wanting to dance around and wanting to square up. That's how I know who doesn't actually know how to fight. Is if they want to stand and square up and go toe to toe. That person. I mean, unless there's some, you know, circumstances. Like, I have a lot of friends that are ex-military and Marines and stuff. But even still, the smartest of the smart, like, my boyfriend's ex-military, and he has a lot of combative experience. And if somebody's acting a fool around him and he has to put them down, they don't see it coming. Like, it's not like, I'm going to let you know I'm about to punch you so that way you can feel how hard I hit you. No, you're just going to go to sleep. That's the option. Like, (laughs) it's not an ego here. (laughs) <laughs> so that's that's my um that's my that's a little bit about my training and and kempo karate is exactly what people think of when they think of martial arts they think of kias which are the ferocious yells when you strike nothing in the air and um they think of like the kicks and the punches and the forms and the katas that's karate and Karate is ruthless, man. Like I'm, I'm just a yellow belt about to test my orange belt in karate. Like I'm nothing special in the karate world. Um, but even just the bottom, like the white, yellow, orange, just the bottom, the little baby ranks, the self-defense techniques that you learn in that are vicious. Like you will hurt somebody really bad if you go full force. <laughs> Which for self-defense is the purpose, but it, you know, it's that I would be least 
Like, I would, somebody would have to be actually trying to attack me, which this is West Texas, so that doesn't happen. Um, but on, maybe somebody hopped up on mess, came in, and that's a whole different ballgame. Then, yeah, karate would totally be appropriate. I don't want that right. anywhere near me, and I don't want them able to move, even if they do wake up. <laughs> but but well, I don't have to do that. I mean, it's a lot more chill than I, – I don't work in, like, thug life part of town. I work at a really nice club. Yeah, and, you know, actually you mentioned something um, – you were talking about how you would, you know, you, you wouldn't use that force unless absolutely necessary, like you said, somebody coming to attack you. That's something right. that I think is, I mean, because first of all, you as a, I've met many bouncers, I'm sure Annette has as well. We both know and we've both talked about the ego that comes with them in the sense that they're really on defense attack mode all the time. And that's not what you are and that's not what you think is appropriate. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that, you, what you've learned are skills that you use because even, I mean, you, I know from stories you've told me that you've had to use that training, but mm-hmm. you reserved it. I mean, it was a, you, you used the minimal amount of it just to get the job done. You don't go above and beyond to try to prove yourself. You're not out to try to prove yourself. You're just trying to, you know, halt a situation and make it safe for everyone. It's not about right. a show, and I love that. Right, yeah, it's not, um, it, you know, I'm a little person, and I've, I've learned from the get-go. As a little person, as a girl, as a whatever, you know, you learn, if you're not the biggest and the baddest, you are, are fundamentally endowed with a sense of humility because people have humbled you because they can't. And, you know, so I've spent five years getting my ass handed to me. So, I mean, that's how you get better. And um, the situation that um, she's referring to is uh, we had a, 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 we had a fight. It was the only real big fight we've had since I've been there. And what happened was, was Whips and Kisses was playing. And I love <laughs> Whips and Kisses. I'm very, I appreciate their dedication. I don't know if anybody listening has ever seen Whips and Kisses. They're like the guys that were listening to Journey when Journey was first getting big and coming out and they were listening <laughs> to it in their garage and they were like, we're going to be like that one day. And now they are like that. Now they are playing those songs they were listening to when they first came out. And when you see them do And they dress up. Listen. And they dress up and wear wigs and do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right, and so when you see him for sound check, you're like, oh, he's just a bunch of kind of mildly older dudes at school, like, whatever. And then, you know, they got, like, little beer bellies and stuff, and then, like, they come out <laughs> on stage, and I, there's, like, zebra leggings and wigs and leather and sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really impressed. Like, I was just like, I don't even know how you got into those. That's impressive. <laughs> As a woman who's had to put on jeans that were a little too thin before, I can appreciate the commitment to that past. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and Whips and Kisses is like the band that will not get off the stage. You know, if your bar's open till three, they'll play till three. If your bar's open till two, they'll play till two. Um, and the way that our bar is set up is we have, we have a huge dance floor, which I love. And then they made this kind of pit area. It's not actually a pit; it's just a big space between the end of the dance floor and the stage. So that way, you know, if you go to clubs like Wild West or The Office. If there's a really good band playing, people will just stand in the space that's dedicated to dancing. 
And I used to be a dance instructor, and that shit would piss me off. So I'm like, this is my space. Get off of it. <laughs> Sit down at a table. Go get out of the I'm trying to actually enjoy the show. I'm not recording it with my cell phone. So <laughs> our, our bar designers created it to where there is a space, a huge space, for people, a crowd to just amass right in front of the stage, and then the dance floor set back a bit. Well, that space down there, when the crowd gets hot and amped and it's packed like it was, I mean, there was just every could be was crammed down there. Um, and, and when the crowd gets drunk, the crowd is drunk. And then when the crowd gets drunk and hot, the crowd gets really agitated and people's tempers are a little flare up. And let me tell you, like, I... I believe in therapy, and I believe that more people in this world should seek out therapy because as a bouncer, I get to deal with your demons that you refuse to deal with when you're drunk. <laughs> Amen to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people need to face their demons. Um, yeah. And there was uh, there was this group of people, and there was a girl that was allowed to get on the stage, and then she was told to get off the stage, which she did, and then she got upset, and she threw a beer bottle, not at anybody in particular, but just threw one, and it happened to hit random girl coming out of the bathroom in the mouth, busted her, too, it's pretty bad, and that girl had a friend who was probably a little like me who went on the offensive to protect her friend, which I could get. And there was a whole big sky. I didn't see any of this part. I wasn't in this part of the bar. Um, and it was such how close how packed it was. I didn't even know that was happening. Um, so there was a big to-do there. There was a whole lot of scuffling. Our general manager got involved, like, trying to separate people. But it was essentially three women and their men. And the problem was, and yeah, have you seen that little Facebook meme? It's like if you've got a woman, you know, that you can't control, then you've got a good woman. Yes. Well, I've seen that. I agree. I agree with that to an extent. But at the same time, like, if your woman's a crazy bitch, you need to get a grip on her and get her not in public. So, there's a balance to that. Like, if I had acted like those women were acting, my boyfriend literally would have thrown me over his shoulder and carried me out and deposited me in the vehicle. And taken me home and thrown my ass in a cold shower, which is what I would have deserved. <laughs> so these women are going at it, right? And I, they take, I guess, one of them. Cause, you know, you don't ever, like, grab them all and then take them all outside because then they're all outside and the problem just persists. So you separate them. And so some of the girls were taken, um, two of the girls were taken out a side door. And then I was at a back part of the bar, which is actually close to, I was at a front, front part of the bar, close to the front doors. And I see one of our other male bouncers on one side of this girl escorting her out. She's kind of struggling a little bit. And he just kind of gave me this look. So I picked up the other side of her and just was walking out with it. That's the only way that I was even involved in all this nonsense. And we get him outside. Well, somehow us getting them, her outside and the other two coming around the other end of the bar, all they, they all ended up in the parking lot together again. This is not ideal. So then they all start running their mouths because – People do that, I guess. And um, then the most aggressive female, the one that originally took the beer bottle, <clears throat> um, just socks this other girl in the face. I mean, nails hard. Uh, and so the bouncers immediately jump in and try to get the girls, but the men, instead of getting a grip on their women, oh, are geez. pushing the bouncers off. And it's not like they're drunk and they're like, oh, watch a girl fight, but they don't want other men touching their women. 
which I can, it, and which I can understand. I would add to this. Not like this should really matter, but let's face it, it does. And I can say this because my boyfriend's first generation Mexican, and these women were Mexican, and they were living up to every Latina stereotype in existence in this moment of their lives. Their so their men weren't letting the bouncers get into them. So there was like this swirl of women, men, and bouncers, like a little hurricane in the parking lot right in front of me. And I just saw an opening. I just saw an opening, and I saw that most aggressive female, and I just um, I physically restrained her about her shoulders, is how I wrote it in the police report. And uh, she and I walked backwards about 15 steps. And in that restraint that she was in, I could have put her unconscious in under seven seconds, safely. Not like the kid in New York that got killed. That was a different kind of restraint. It looks similar, but it's different. Um, right. But I, it was just tight enough to, like, get her attention, but not tight enough to put her out. And so she and I walked backwards, and I always wear a long sleeve shirt under my polo, thank goodness, because um, she was just clawing me. I mean, she wanted to eat my soul. And she was calling me every name in the book. And my, my mouth was, like, right next to her ear, and so I was just talking really calm at, at about this level. I was like, ma'am, I would really like to let you go, but I need for you to calm down. If you keep resisting me, I'm going to have to keep holding on to you. She's all telling me, you don't know who my boyfriend is, and like I care. And I'm like, yes, I understand. <laughs> However, I need for you to calm down before I can release you. And when she did calm down, and I have expected her to swing at me when she turned around, but she was more surprised than anything. I think she was expecting somebody much larger to be behind yeah. her. <laughs> <laughs> her swing um, missed you over your head. <laughs> right, right. So she turned around, and she calmed down, and then we're trying to get everybody to their cars, and, of course, they all parked, like, right next to each other. And so they got into a little spat again, and we had to separate them again. I'd do the same thing with her twice. Um, so that was a fun night. But, um, <laughs> I mean, like, like recently, um, it, it's, it's helpful. It's helpful with guys because I don't challenge the male ego. So, like, you have your typical bouncer who's a big dude, and I don't understand this. I don't have a penis. I don't have balls. I don't do testosterone <laughs> on that level. Right, I don't understand right. this thought process. <laughs> I don't understand the thought process on this level. But there's something about a drunk guy being told anything. It could be, hey, dude, I like your shirt. And if it's being said by a large male, then immediately there's a posturing that has to happen in a <laughs> um, an establishment of dominance, which, like I said, I'm not on this level. I'm an aggressive female, but I am not on that level. And uh, <laughs> and so I can go up to guys that, because I don't know how much time you all spend around drunk people, but if you spend enough time around drunk people, they'll get a look on their face. Like, because they're drunk, everything's slowed down. And so they'll get a look on their face when they're about to, when they're thinking about doing something pretty stupid but their body and their mind hasn't actually caught up to do it. Like, <laughs> right, like right, right. Before, there's a delay. Like drunk, there's a delay. Right. <laughs> so when one drunk guy is thinking about pushing another drunk guy, there's actually about a window where you can intervene. <laughs> where and, the neurons aren't quite firing just yet. Yeah. yeah, they're not on that level. Like the whole, everybody, we're not on the same page yet. The page is still turning. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And so I just, and because I'm short, because I, I guess because I'm a female and because I'm 5'2", even though I've got my little white shirt on, like, people don't even notice me. Like, people do the dumbest stuff 
right in front of me. Because I don't even see that I exist, which makes my job really easy because then I can just pop out of nowhere and be like, hey, um, it's time for you to go. <laughs> and, uh, and, so, and that happens. And so I'll, I've seen that look before where, like, there was one guy and his three buddies, and he was hammered. And his buddies were trying to convince him that it was time to go, and he was getting ready to get offended by that. He wasn't quite there yet. And I, and he kind of, like, grabbed his buddy's shoulder, like, really aggressively, and his face said, I'm not sure if I'm going to tussle with you or not yet. And I just hopped in the middle, and I put my hands on both their shoulders. I was like, hey, guys, how's it going? And, you know, I've got a full face of makeup on, and I wear bright red lipstick, which is totally tactical. Drunk people just fixate on that, men and women. They'll just look at your lips. It's very distracting for them, so I always wear red lipstick. Anything bright or shiny, yes. Yeah, pretty much. And the fact that I'm a girl, they're like, oh, hey. Hey, you're a girl, and you're cute, and you're, you're like, talking to me. That's, that's cool. And uh, and so I just jump in the middle. I'm like, hey, guys, are y'all having fun? And usually the really drunk guy who's trying to decide whether or not he wants to fight is like, yeah, yeah, we're having a lot of fun. And that particular guy that night, um, I was like, okay, well, it's time for you to go. And all his buddies were, like, nodding to me. They're like, yes, we're trying to get him out of here. I was like, honey, I have to walk you out. Like, well, I'm – and he thought – I think he thought I was joking because he kind of, like, threw his arm out in front of him, which I already had a grip on his elbow. And he was like, well, I'm not leaving unless you throw me out. And I was like, all right. And so I got that elbow. <laughs> There's a um, – you can um, – you can hyperextend the elbow, which is like where you bend it the wrong way. And so if you've got a grip on the back of somebody's elbow and you've got a grip on their wrist, you can just push down on the wrist and push up on the elbow, and that applies pressure to the elbow, which then torques the whole shoulder forward, and it makes it a lot easier to make somebody who's standing square to suddenly move off. And so I've got yeah, my, my elbow and Yeah, got my, my brother wrist. used to do that to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of brothers do that. Um so I, I had her, I had him by the elbow and the wrist, and we took about five steps where I was literally making him walk, and it took about five steps for his brain to catch up to like, oh, this wasn't a joke, and this isn't as fun as he thought it would be. And uh, and so then he got really pissed off, and he just started power walking because he was really offended. But it is West Texas, and I'm a girl, so his first thought is not to push me or shove me or punch me or fight back. He's just offended, and I'm probably a bitch because I'm not <laughs> – doing what he wants me to do, God forbid. <laughs> um, so, so he just took off through the crowd. But he was headed in the right direction, which is all I cared about. So I'm all power walking right behind him, which is funny because he was probably about six feet tall and I'm all little. Just, just I mean, I'm taking two steps for every one of his. And uh, and his buddies are all right behind me like little ducks in a row. <laughs> so he, do, you uh, think he was really do you think he was more offended or more embarrassed? Oh, no, I think he was, he was not so much, well, not so much offended, but just, like, mad. Like, how dare you think you can throw me out? And not how dare you, me, because I'm a woman, but just anybody in general. He was offended uh, by the concept. Like, that's what started all of it was his buddies were like, dude, it's time for you to go home. And I'm sure there was a, a dude, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> and uh, some of that nonsense back and forth. So it was more of just like a, how dare anyone tell me what I can and can't do? And I'm like, well, you're hammered and you're acting like a jackass. So <laughs> you, you start losing rights. <laughs> yeah. 
awesome. How so funny. Yeah, it's um, – I, I got to escort – I got to protect and then throw out a, like, 90-year-old man and his um, – I don't really know how to describe her – companion. <laughs> Escort, maybe. I'm not really sure of the nature of their relationship. I think you probably explained pretty well. Um, the, the 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 woman. Um, you know it's bad when court stutters. <laughs> yep. differentiator in this instance about being just really mean is that she was orange. I'll tell she was orange from <laughs> too much fake tanning, I suppose. But she was totally well. But this man, this little old man, um and he was totally he was very nice. But I do you remember like that Six Flags commercial like back in the nineties with the old guy yes, that came that out around. And he yes, with the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. He look he looked like that guy. Like gravity was winning a lot, and and this his his orange companion had gotten into some sort of verbal argument with these other women who did not like her, and I was actually protecting her. Like I got in between them, and um, I physically placed myself in between the women. Because she was actually being very non-aggressive. She was just standing there. She wasn't raising her voice. You know, they were, it was obvious they were the aggressors in that interaction. And so I'm standing there, and one of these women who's not my size, we'll just put it that way, um, was circling around. And I was like, oh, man, if this goes down, it's going to be, it's going to be a hard fall. Because <laughs> she's, she's going to hit the ground hard. And, uh <laughs> And so she was, like, trying to circle around me to get at this woman, and I was protecting the woman and making sure there was a, a safe distance between her and the other woman and telling the other woman that it was now time for her and her friend to leave. Um, and it's funny because if there's anything female-related at all, anywhere in the bar, even if it's not in my designated section, other bouncers will call me. Because now that there's a girl on staff, they're like, we're not dealing with women issues at all if we can help it because – they don't want to get slapped with a, you know, any kind of sexual assault or sexual harassment lawsuit. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. You know, yeah, so now, now that there's, yeah, so now that there's a girl on staff, if there is a problem anywhere, they immediately will call me. And then they just kind of create a circular cocoon around me. So I get to be in the middle, which is interesting. And then they're <laughs> always within arm's length, you know, in case it gets out of my realm of control. And uh, and so that's what, what was happening. It was like I was protecting the orange woman, and then the two other nasty old hags were trying to get around me, and um, they were informed that they had to leave, which was fine. And so they were escorted out. And maybe like five minutes later, the orange lady and the old man were having some sort of argument. And I guess one of the other bouncers had been dealing with them on and off throughout the evening because um, they were – he was – I, I, they they get thrown out of another club in Lovett, Paul Chances are apparently pretty regularly. So some of our staff members that used to work there were saying that they were married or either they were married in a very Anna Nicole sort of type relationship 
or or she was his companion, but I don't think it was like in a regular escort type of way. I think it was more of like a Doc Holiday and Big Nose Kate kind of way. Like, yeah, I'm, right, I'm, right, I'm, right. I'm technically am an escort, but you're my only client. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The whole night was really weird, and. He'd been dealing, and so I'd seen this little old man like out on the dance floor, like grinding up on some other snaggletooth woman, and that was interesting. And so maybe I don't know, maybe they were having a dispute about that. I don't, I don't know. But the other bouncer said he'd already had enough of them bickering and squabbling in his bar, and it was time for them to go because we uh, we run a pretty tight ship over at our bar. Like we don't allow drug dealing. We don't allow the little domestic tips, you know, if you're bickering and squabbling enough that we have to come check on you twice, you're done. You're out. Bye. We don't need you that bad. And so he was like, all right, it's time for them to go. So now I have to tell the woman that I was just expecting that it is time for them to go. And they were okay with that. Everything was fine. She was headed out the door first, and then little old man, and then me. And when I say this guy's old, I mean like like a weevil wobble. Like... <laughs> Like, he, like, I was like, where's your walker? <laughs> I mean, granted, I hope I'm half as cool when I'm his age. I hope I've got half the energy and I'm still out there grinding on the dance floor, too. Like, you know, I'm not. With an orange man. Yes. Yeah, with my, with my, thirty. you know, when I'm 80, yeah, I want my 30-year-old friend out with me. Exactly. I mean, I hope I'm half as cool, so I'm not putting him down for it, but. We're going through the door, and he weeble-wobbled so hard, he almost fell in the door. Like, I was seriously concerned about having to catch him. And so as he weeble-wobbled, I was like, oh, easy there, old man. Like, it wasn't, you know, like I was being mean to him. Well, I guess he got offended because I called him old man, and he told the orange lady. And um, and then the orange lady wanted to start a fight with me because I called him old. <laughs> And what I, what pissed her off most is that I absolutely refused to engage it. Like, I was just standing there, and she's like, so did you just call him old? And I looked at her. She was, she was obviously getting hostile. And, uh, and I was like, what do you mean? And she said, well, he said that you just called him old man. Did you call him old man? And I said, yes, ma'am. As a matter of fact, he almost fell into the door. Um, he lost his balance, and so I was a little concerned for him. And so I said, oh, easy there, old guy, as he came out the door. And so I, I totally admitted what I said. Why do I care? And uh, and she so she's like so, uh, and, and I didn't even give her a chance to respond. And I was like, so will you guys be taking your own ride home? Well, I need to call you guys to cab this evening. And she's like, oh, you mean me and the old man? And I said, yes, ma'am. Will y'all be needing a cab this evening, or will you be taking your own ride home? <laughs> like I just went, I mean, like a broken record, probably about fifteen times. And there were other guests, other patrons that were standing outside that saw this whole interaction. And she was just trying to provoke me, trying to provoke me, trying to, and I just wasn't having any of it. Finally, she waddled off into the parking lot all pissed off. <laughs> You're just looking for somebody to be mad at. You got bigger problems than me, honey. Like, I can't help you. <laughs> That's one thing I love, though, is that, you know, whenever you have and any story you've shared with me about your experiences there, that's the thing that I love the most is that you – you do not, and, and I have seen, like I said, I have known many male bouncers, and it is a much different story um, with them. Like when people test their ego or come at them and like, you know, like you said earlier, the intim- intimidation of another male, like it's like they have to 
put up their feathers and, you know, show mm-hmm. that they're stronger, tougher, you know, faster, smarter, whatever. And I love that you just don't you just don't engage in that. And I can't say all because, I mean, obviously there truly are, of course, male bouncers out there that are capable of this as well. But I'm just saying that I love that you do that, that you don't engage in situations like that because you know that, I mean, why get into a power play with a drunk person, right? And so that's a great way that you approach it. Yeah. I mean, you're literally arguing with a brick wall. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and it's actually hysterical. I mean, like some of my favorites that I've heard um, was uh, the night that Eli Young played. We allowed minors in, and there was this sorority that came in. I mean, there was like a hundred of them, and they came in in limos. And so it was all their of age girls and their underage girls, and it was just chaos. And I mean, it was probably like nine forty-five. The show was just starting, and I just wanted to pee. All I wanted to do was go to the bathroom, like simple task. And I'm going to the bathroom, and I come out of the bathroom, and there's this girl standing right outside the bathroom. She's got a I'm a minor bracelet on, holding a beer, which you cannot even put your hands on that. You can't touch it. You can't hold it for your friend. You, nothing. And uh, and I come out of the bathroom, and like she, I'm like I just tapped the bottom of her glass. I was like, and she was just like, but. But you can't. And I was like, uh, actually, yeah, I totally can, and I am. And she's like, no, but but and she's trying to argue with me, and she puts her little doe eyes on. She's she's tinier than me. And uh, and this is I couldn't believe this. Like it was so hard for me to not just blast out loud when she said it. But she just looks at me. She says, but but you can't. You're gonna make me cry. And I was like, <laughs> I don't understand how that's relevant. Like, did that work? Did that work on your parents? Does that work on male bouncers? Like, I don't understand how that's relevant. You, I was like, I told her, I was like, well, you can go ahead and cry if you want, as long as you're crying and walking. Like, I'm just, there's got to be, like, a Facebook page dedicated to that bitch of a bouncer at Charlie B's. I'm sure it exists. It has to. Because I have ruined a lot of minor sites. Um... But, yeah, she was like, but, I mean, and she was like, you're going to make me cry. And I was like, well, that's fine. I said, you have two options right now. You can you can walk to the, actually, you have three. I was like, you can just walk out the door. That's your best option. I was like, you can cry and walk out the door. That's a little less fun. We'll ruin your mascara. Or <laughs> you can cry and I will put I will put you outside, whether your feet are on the ground or not. And so those are your options. And, uh, oh, and this was the night before my bar results came out because I took the Texas bar exam, and I was super stressed about that. And results were supposed to come out the next day. And so I had no oh. tolerance for anybody's shenanigans. Yeah, I was going to say, just 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 so everyone knows, uh, Court does a lot more than just bounce at a bar. You want to mention what it is oh, yeah. that you do, Court? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm a... Um, that's just my second job. I'm uh, I'm a couple months away from being a lawyer. I have to take the ethics test, and then I'll I'll be licensed probably in the fall. And will you awesome? be uh, defending, or what will you be doing? Um, well, the the lawyer that I work for, I work for this um, I work for a seventy year old attorney who's an absolute riot, and mm-hmm. he has a hundred year old law firm. It was his law firm and his dad's law firm and his granddad's law firm started in nineteen seventeen. And uh, wow. mostly what what we do is trans, transactional real estate, probate issues, like, you know, dealing with dead people and their stuff. And um, now when I get started, I'll pick up a lot more money by picking up criminal court appointments, which is funny because when I went into law school, I swore I was going to be a prosecutor. 
that not that I have I don't have any huge desire to do criminal court work at all, but I actually I don't even want to practice law for more than five years. I have an ambition of running a kids camp for um I don't know how what the term is these days, at risk youth, troubled youth. Mm-hmm. Whatever mm-hmm. I used to, I used to do some substitute teaching and stuff over at Richard Milburn, which is the alternative school in Lubbock, and I absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. The kids were phenomenal. They are very, very bright and very misguided. And mm-hmm. you gave them, you gave them two cents worth of attention, and taught them even something even remotely productive. I mean, they would, they'd latch onto it, they'd use it. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. still in contact with a lot of my students. Um, this was years ago, but. I still hear from some of them, and um, so I want to run a camp for kids based on essentially how I grew up in high school. Um, I want to run it on a ranch-type principle where there's, you know, a structure. You get up, you do chores, you, you know, you have, like, who knew three squares a day would be good for a kid? Who knew eight hours of sleep would be good for a kid? You know, who knew that taking, having to take care of another animal would be good for a kid? Um and then on the weekends you do something really fun, like, oh, see so that barn full of horses where you've been scooping the shit out of their stalls all week long? Well, now we're going to pack up those horses and ride out 10 miles and camp all weekend. And so you still there's yeah. responsibilities. There's keeping camp clean, there's cooking, there's feeding the animals, but there's still like, hey, and, learn how and to Hey, and who knew getting out in nature would be good for kids, right? Right. And, you know, I've got a million friends who are ex-military and devout huntsmen and, um, environmentalists and people that really understand nature that have skill sets where they can come out and, you know, really teach these kids something. Because I learned that if you give a kid power to control something, even if it's something small, and start teaching them how to problem solve for themselves on minor things, that they that will, that will spread out. Because I once had a kid ask me how I learned how to think the way that I do. Because the way that I think is if there's something in my life that is not right, that's not the way that I want it, then I'm like, what do I need to make this different? And then my, I go make that happen. My sister says I divine things out of the air, but I don't. I just, I tunnel vision and I pursue what I'm after relentlessly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that could be something as small as, um, you know, like, like the, the art of camping, and I call it an art because it really is, is very constructive to a child. Like take a child who has, even in the poorest parts of town, always lived in a relatively climate-controlled environment, you know, had some sort of food. Like, they might be going hungry, and they might not have the best food, or they might not have a lot of food, but there's McDonald's, there's a something. They're going to get something that's just there. Um, and so you take a kid like that, and you take them out in the woods, and they're like, um, I'm really cold, and I'm really hungry, and I'm kind of scared, and I don't know how to solve my own problems. I'm like, okay, well, what do you need to solve your problems? I don't know. Okay, well, here, I'm going to help you. What what would solve all of your problems right now is fire. Well, I don't know how to make fire. Well, that's cool. Let me teach you. Do, 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 do. Look, this is how you make a fire. Now, this is my fire, so here's what you need. Now, go make your own fire over there. And so you give them the tools they need. You give them a, school, a skill set, and so they go over there. They make their own fire. They receive an immediate reward of an accomplishment, like they learned how to use a skill set, been able to immediately apply it, and gotten instant gratification, really, of learning how to use that skill set. And now they're warm, and they can heat up their SpaghettiOs. So they have Mm -hmm. just solved their own problem. 
They have solved the right. two really big problems of I'm cold and I'm hungry. <laughs> well, are, and on top of that, really, yes, those those are really great ideas because, uh, you know, when you do give a child the tools and they see that they have the power over their lives to mm-hmm. even make the most, you know, mundane type things that we take for granted, you know, mm-hmm. with their cold, okay, well, I have to make fire. I, I don't want to stay out in the rain, so, oh, I need to make a shelter. And mm-hmm. it just gives them so much power and so much confidence. And, oh, my God, if I can do this, then I can decide right. to get through a class at school. I can decide, well, when you're, you know. Right. And it just it teaches you a way of thinking. Like, because when you're out camping and it's raining and the winds are going 90 miles an hour and your wind fly, mm-hmm. your rain fly comes off of your tent at 3 o'clock in the morning and suddenly you're getting rained on, you've got a problem solved and you've got a problem solved quickly. You know, there's none right. of this like, oh, well, I don't like how this is going. I ain't got no time for that nonsense. Like, the, get your ass outside and get a hold of that rain fly. Well, the thing broke. Okay, well, what do we have within our vicinity right now that could make this function? Well, we got some duct tape. Well, there you go. Make it work. Mm-hmm. And right. it's an idea. It's an idea of like, this is what I want to happen, and this is going to happen. Like, the, there is no other option. Just this is going to happen. So now, what random MacGyver-like thing can I come up with to make this thing happen? Right, and, and on top of that, awesome. because you're teaching them that, you're giving them a sense of resourcefulness, and then they don't victimize themselves because they learn that, you know, really they have a choice in everything. They can either sit there and complain about the situation or they can fix it. Right, and so um, that's my, my global ambition. Like, I, pr- I plan on practicing probably family and juvenile law just so I can get intimately familiar with the systems that these particular kids are moving through. And also get to be really good friends with the judges and the police officers and the detectives and the CPS workers and the CASA workers that have their hands on these kids that, you know, would go, oh, hey, maybe we should, um, I I refer you to this camp. And I've also talked with a lot of the local judges about using this kind of a camp as even an alternative to TYC, which is juvie, and more institutionalized settings. And there the judges are like, do whatever you have to do, but it sounds great. Like if you were open tomorrow, I'd have kids to send you. So, uh, and you know, right. Court, I love that. I love that because we all know. I mean, we know this from society. Punitive measures just don't work, and I know that's a big business these days. You know, prisons, but but punitive measures don't work. And and I, and what you're proposing to do, I mean, that gives the the six things that kids need. You know, to have a self-esteem and therefore to move up that pyramid of you know, Maslow's hierarchy is physical safety, emotional security, sense of belonging, sense of competency, sense of mission, and sense of identity, and giving them all that with that camp. So, my goodness, I'm all for that. Way to go. Yeah. So, well, um, I don't have a ranch, so uh, I'm going to be doing some <laughs> fundraising, so I'm sure you'll hear back from me. <laughs> yeah, any listeners out there, any listeners out there that want to uh, make this thing happen quickly, uh, certainly if you have access to that or donations you'd like to send, well, Court, how could they reach you? Um, they can reach me uh, They can reach me on Facebook, which is my favorite way because that comes to my phone. Um, they can reach me on, 
I mean, there's a you can reach me through my blog through um, the Powder Room Bouncer. Um, I have another blog that I haven't written on in forever that I really need to get back to called Choosing a Direction, which is about being a young woman coming up in the society that is today and all of the choices we have to make that very much dictate the path we take way down the line. And um, I mean, there's a email. Um, my email address is. Uh, Courtney, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y, R, like the letter R, and then my last name, Pardue, P-A-R-D-U-E, at gmail.com. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, this is going to be a big endeavor. I'm going to need a lot of help. So if you have counseling experience, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to pick your brain. If you're an insurance underwriter and you're listening to this right now, I'd also really like to talk to you, so I'm sure I'm going to need a lot of that. Um, you know, if you're... Have you talked with many uh, or have you researched any of the other programs out there that um, might provide similar things that you would like to do and, and kind of pick, pick through what they've got? And... Yeah, well, I mean, uh, on some levels. I've had a chance to, like, sit down in person with some people from Spirit Ranch. Um, I'd really like to go talk to, like, like, have some time to go up to the Boys Ranch because it's similar in concept to the Boys Ranch, but the Boys Ranch is more of a permanent placement. And right. um, what I'm proposing is more of a adjustment in perspective. Right. It's not a not a permanent thing. Um, but my ambition is to have repeat campers that can work in leadership over new campers. And then as the program grows, like say I have older campers that maybe want a little bit more time in this environment before they wander off into the world. Like if they would want to come work for me and do a work college study program, like I would love to offer things like that. So. That sounds absolutely amazing, and it will happen. I have no doubt about that. Um, so anybody out there that has any resources that you might think would be helpful, um, definitely contact Courtney and, and see mm-hmm. what how you can you know contribute to what she's trying to do because this is a, a huge thing, and we've got so many young people out there who are lost and um, need a helping hand and someone who is not going to be blown away by their BS. Someone who knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not even close. No. It won't even face me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, Courtney, it has been such a pleasure talking with you and your stories are hilarious. Um, <laughs> we definitely want to have you back and talk more about what you're planning for this ranch and what you're going to be doing and uh, get an update on your law career, which is awesome. Um, that just shows that whatever you put your mind to, you're going to be able to do it. So um, right. really, I, you know, I'm, I can't wait to meet you in person. Um, hopefully you won't be escorting me out the door someplace. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much. And, hey, everybody, we will be back next Wednesday. And um, we just hope you have a really good rest of the week and a great weekend. And we will see you Wednesday. Bye. Thank you.